Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. Some were going hitting balls, and some were going fishing, and some were uh, doing yard work and cutting weeds. It might have been clover or onions or you know any kind of thing you're working in the yard, or maybe you're outside uh, at work. Uh, it's nice, isn't it? Spring is coming, and I love spring. And spring is a time that we do that. We get out and we get moving. Amen. And that should remind us of the mission of the church. I want that to remind you of the mission of the church today. Is this is a time when we get out and get moving and get a little pink. Let's, let's be reminded that the church is supposed to be on mission constantly. We're to, we're to be getting out, get moving, still be the church in action, right? And, and, uh, and get just filled and, and right, get that glory of the Lord beaming on our face as we get out and get moving. What? Is the mission of the church in 2023? How would you answer that question? What is the mission of the church this year? What is it to be? Uh, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we've actually been walking through Acts a little bit on Wednesday night. So we were in 2 Corinthians this past Wednesday night. But I even asked that question, what is the mission of the church? And you'll be surprised that people will give you a variety of answers. What should the church be about? What's our mission? What's our purpose? What should we be doing? And if we put them on a, a marker whiteboard, we could list a lot of different things. Sometimes you, you actually think, are we clear on our mission? Are we, do we have clarity as to our church's purpose? And I, I hope today to, to get back to that. When I first came, we, we really said, I tried to, to tell you the mission of the church is the three C's, right? Christ, community, and courage. Christ must be preached. Community must be formed and, and reached, and courage must be displayed. But today I want to say it in a little bit different way. What's the mission of the church in 2023? Today I want to show you our 3P mission. Our 3P mission. And the truth is this, you are either promoting the mission of the church or you're not. There's no middle ground, right? We're either promoting the mission of the big C church or the local C, little, little, little C church, right? We're either promoting that mission or we're not. I mean, you, you, you can't play a, a middle ground here. Well, we're going to be in the book of Colossians this morning. And the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Colossae under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as you think about the Apostle Paul, I mean, you think about Paul's conversion. You think about Paul's salvation. Paul was a man that was radically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, he, his life was going to be forever altered. He would be on mission for Jesus. Um, his, his sins of how he formerly persecuted the church were forgiven. And he was transformed. I mean, his heart totally did a 180 and, and he was sold out for the Lord Jesus, faithful unto His death. The Apostle Paul was saved, he was called, and he understood the mission of the church. And the Apostle Paul, by understanding the mission of the church, becomes an example to her. He becomes an example to us as the church. I see our mission in Paul's ministry, life, 
and even in his prayers. I, I, I look at Paul and I see that he is a picture of the, of the church of us. Uh, that, that he, I see his, his ministry, his life, his prayer, and, and all of those things point to what we should be doing as the people of God. So this morning, you're going to see our 3P mission. Be patient. It's coming. <laughs> You'll see those 3Ps. Just hold on. I want to tell you that the Apostle Paul did these 3Ps. You look all in the New Testament, you see him doing these three pieces. He also encouraged the church to do likewise. You can see it in many of his letters, but today we'll look at it in the letter to the church at Colossae. Colossians, modern day Turkey. Colossians chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in verse 21. Let's walk through the text. I want you to see Paul's ministry and ours. I actually read this some on my sabbatical, Colossians 1, 24 and following, for, for different reasons, and it spoke to me differently. But today we're going to walk through it. We're going to see Paul's ministry, and we're going to think about our ministry as Adairsville Baptist Church. Colossians 1, 21. He writes to them and says, And you, who were once alienated, right? you were once separated from God because of your sins, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind because of sin, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. Number one, the gospel reconciles us with God. Amen? He's saying that in verses 21 and 22. Number one, the gospel reconciles us with God. You were once alienated. You were hostile. You went from hostility to harmony by the, the, the death of Jesus Christ, he says. And now he's able to present you before the Father as holy and blameless, right? We're not, but we are because of Christ and His work. He has reconciled us with God. This is the gospel and He is, he is preaching it now. He presents you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. If indeed, verse 23, you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Verse 21 and 22 show us, number one, that the gospel reconciles us with God. But verse 23 shows us, number two, that the gospel cannot be adapted to our preferences, that you cannot change the gospel. He says, if indeed you continue in the faith, he wants them to continue in the true faith, into the true gospel, be stable and steadfast. This was the, the temptation of that day with the Colossian heresy that was rampant in their day. That's why he has to write one of the reasons. So he says, don't shift from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, right? The gospel can't be adapted to our preferences, right? We can't sit out there today and go, well, I like this part of the gospel, but I don't like this part. I like this part of the truth, but I don't like this part. And so I'll just adapt that. I'll take a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of my own worldviews and what I'd like to, right? We can't do that, he's telling us, right? So 21 through 23 show us we are to know the true gospel and we are to continue in it. Don't try to change the truth. The Colossians were like many today being tempted to buy into the lies. And we're tempted to, but we cannot. Know the gospel. It doesn't change. Don't move from it. So he continues. He says, And I became a minister. Verse 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. 
And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the Word of God fully known. Stop right there. Number one, the gospel reconciles us with God. Number two, the gospel cannot be adapted to fit our preferences. Number three, the gospel then moves us into ministry. That's what he's saying. And I became a minister of the gospel, right? And I am ministering to you and I am suffering for that, which is rightly so, he says. But I've been given now a stewardship, he says, verse 25. I am ministering, I am making the Word of God fully known. The gospel moves us into ministry. Paul's call and our call was and is to proclaim the gospel. And he knew that suffering would be a part of it. Look at verses 23 and 24. He says, I I know that. I'm going to proclaim the gospel to all the creatures under heaven. I'm a minister of this and I'm going to rejoice in my sufferings. This is one of his imprisonment letters, by the way. But he says, and I know that as I proclaim and as I do ministry, that there's going to be some, some suffering involved in this. The gospel calls us all to ministry. That word ministry means service. You are a minister. We're all servants. Every member is a minister. We're all servants in the household of God. And Paul makes this point. If the church is to advance, people are going to have to suffer a little. Maybe people are going to have to suffer a lot. Right? Some suffer a lot. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And some people are going to have to suffer a little bit. We're going to have to be uncomfortable. He's reminding them of the gospel in chapter 1. He's dealing with some theological issues that he needs to in in chapter 1. But he's saying, the gospel's made you right with God. And you don't swerve from that. In fact, you continue to proclaim that gospel and to do ministry in Jesus' name and know that it's going to have its part of hardship. And that's just part of it. Look at verse 25 again, of which I became a minister. We could read, we became a minister. According to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the Word of God fully known. The mystery, hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to His saints. That's a biblical word for mystery, something that was once hidden but is now made known. It's like an open secret, right? But in the Old Testament it was hidden, but now He says it's revealed to all His saints. Verse 27, to them... God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. NIV says perfect, but it doesn't mean sinless perfection. That word perfect means complete, mature. Him we proclaim. For this, verse 29, he says, I toil, struggling, straining with all his energy, his energy, not my energy. It's God's energy in him. For this, I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Like Paul, we're now given a stewardship. We are called to steward the gospel. How are you doing? How are we doing? How am I doing? 
as a steward of the gospel, as a minister of the gospel? How are we stewarding the mission of Adairsville Baptist Church? How are we stewarding the mission of, of church in Bartow County or of church in the U.S.? How are we doing with that? We see Paul's aim and his God-given strength in verses 28 and 29. That's our key verses for today. Look at Paul's aim. What's his aim? Him we proclaim. That's what I want to be about. Do you want to be about that? That's his aim. Him we proclaim. And we see the God-given strength. More than everyone with teaching everyone, that's part of his aim. With all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ, that's the aim. Verse 29 is the strength. For this I toil. God-given strength. Struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Go on to chapter 2. For I want you to know how great a struggle. That means strain. And it means inner strain. Paul was saying to them, I have an inner strain. The gospel calls me to, to, to do some inner struggling as I pray and as I, and as I work. It's not so much a physical labor. It can be, but he says this is a, this is a spiritual strain, a, a spiritual labor. Pastoral work is an inner strain. And he says, I want you to know how great a struggle and inner strain I have for you and for those at Laodicea, which was nearby, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged. This is what he desires. Emboldened, encouraged, being knit together. Miss Velva loved that verse. We read it at her funeral, Velva Patterson. Being knit together in love. That's the second thing that he wants. He wants their hearts to be encouraged. He wants their hearts to be knit together in love, right? In purpose. To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery. What is it? Which is Christ. It's been made known, the gospel in whom are hidden, don't look elsewhere for these things, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, because they were trying in this Colossian heresy of this time. All the believers were being encouraged in these verses, in chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, to remain true to the mission. I want you to be encouraged, to be knit together in love, reach all the riches of full understanding. Look, I want you to remain true to that mission so nobody will delude you with plausible arguments. Know the gospel. Don't change it. Continue in it. Hold fast to truth. Don't buy into the lies. Exert. You may have to suffer. You're going to have to strain and struggle. It's not going to be easy. There's no such thing as like this comfortable type of Christianity. You're going to have to exert yourself. But He gives you the energy. It powerfully will work within you. He ends our little section in chapter 2, verse 5. He says, For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit. Rejoicing to see your good order and firmness of your faith in Christ. Greek words for good order and firmness are military terms of preserving discipline. Maintain discipline. I want to see your good order and the firmness of your faith. That you would preserve discipline. I want us just to walk through this, this text this morning. And I want us to see from it our 3P mission. A.W. Tozer, a great writer, great pastor, Christian missionary alliance pastor, said these words, they forever haunt me. We Christians are the church. And whatever we do is what the church is doing. The matter, therefore, is for each of us a personal one. Any forward step in the church, must begin with the individual. 
I love that. What is our 3P mission? As I pray, as I look, you could probably preach this from a number of of New Testament books, from the Apostle Paul's very life. I see him doing this this in every letter that, that he writes. The 3P mission for our church. Number one, our church mission is to proclaim. Amen? Our church mission is to proclaim. Christ must be preached. Amen? We must proclaim. We are to keep proclaiming the gospel. If you went in, in chapter 1, in chapter 1 verse 14 he says this, in whom in Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In verse 20 of chapter 1, and through him, through Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who are once alienated, right? And then our key text, right? He's he's always proclaiming the gospel. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In Him we have peace. How did it come? By the blood of the cross. We are, as a church, Big C and also Adairsville Baptist Church, we are to keep proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Look at verse 28. Him we proclaim. It's Christ we must preach. Right? Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. What is the mission of the church? Keep proclaiming the gospel. We teach, we warn, we preach, we correct, we instruct. So let's ask some questions. What do we proclaim? The gospel, the good news of, of Jesus Christ. We proclaim that God is righteous. Psalm eleven seven that man is not righteous, Romans three ten. Therefore, man deserves the wrath of God, Romans one eighteen. But then we read about the gospel: Jesus, His death, His burial, His resurrection, His sinlessness. A while back, this this past hope for the hungry, uh, one of the counselors was sharing. I, I didn't tell you this. One of the counselors was sharing with with someone the plan of salvation. He was talking about Jesus, and he says, and do you believe that Jesus is sinless? And the person said, no. Someone told me that Jesus sinned. And he said, I'm sorry, that's a game stopper. He said, we can't go any further right here. He said, that, that changes everything. If you believe that Jesus sinned, that's a game stopper. And so he wasn't able to, to lead that woman to Christ. Right? He was able to share, but we believe the gospel. We proclaim the gospel. God is righteous, man is not righteous. So we are fully deserving of the wrath of God. But when we read about the cross... Right? We read about Easter Resurrection Sundays. We'll be here for you know it. We make a response to that cross. We make a response to that resurrection. We repent and believe and we put faith alone in Christ alone. And then something happens. Then the good news of the gospel happens. Jesus absorbs the wrath, Romans 3.25. We're declared righteous, Romans 5.1. And we're reconciled with God, Romans 5.10. This, this is the gospel. If you look in the New Testament, who all proclaimed? Study that word, you'll see Jesus proclaimed, the twelve disciples proclaimed, Philip in the book of Acts proclaimed, of course Paul proclaimed, and Peter, the churches proclaimed. When you look around that word, you say, well, what did they proclaim? What did they proclaim? You'll see these words, the gospel, the kingdom of God. They proclaimed the kingdom of God. They proclaimed Christ Jesus. They proclaimed the death and resurrection. This is our mission, right? The word proclaim is used in the New Testament ESV 
about 72 times. It almost always refers to the gospel in some way. It's used most often in the book of Acts. So it shows us what the church is about. Church is about proclaiming the good news of God. We're to keep proclaiming the gospel. So let's ask some some questions, evaluation questions. In what ways are you doing this? Right? The church is you. Any forward step in the, with the church has to start with the individual, right? Individually, how are you doing here? In what ways are you proclaiming the gospel? In what ways are you helping the, the body do this? What's the opposite of proclaiming? Think about it. Concealing, denying, silence. There are times that I'm silent. I'm not proclaiming. There are times that I may conceal, right? That we keep it to ourselves or we don't proclaim the gospel. In what ways are you personally doing this? In what ways are you helping the church to do this? What happens if the church stops doing this? No conversions. No salvations. No baptisms. You do an autopsy of a dead church and that's what you'll find, right? That, That they stop doing this. And there were no conversions and there were no baptisms, right? They, they failed to do that. Where? Where can we or you proclaim? Anywhere, right? School. Students, you have an opportunity at school to proclaim the gospel. Don't go proclaiming just in. You can, you can proclaim a lot of, you can whisper a lot of good attributes, and that's not going to save anybody. You can proclaim the gospel, and that will change their soul forever. You have an opportunity to proclaim the gospel at work to a coworker. Adults, right? It's, we want to put it on the kids, but it's on, at work, we can proclaim the gospel. In a store, we can proclaim the gospel. At the gym, right? In a, in a locker room. At home, we can proclaim the gospel. In Sunday school class, you can teach and proclaim the gospel. At a good news club, you can preach and proclaim the gospel. I think one of the reasons that I'm in ministry is because it gave me an avenue to do this. Because I'm not as talented as... Like, I need to... I'll just put you in it and give you a lot of free opportunities. Right? Where you Thank you, God. But, like, like, we need these, right? And you have them. We need workers. We need people to teach in children's church. Miss Karen is hopefully proclaiming the gospel. You can do that. Do you want an opportunity? It's there. Sign up to do children's church. Bible study. Teach a Sunday school class. Start a Bible study, right? I want the church to have the great ideas and say, Pastor, I want to start a home Bible study, right? I want to proclaim the gospel in my neighborhood, and this is the way that I think I can do it. This is the way that I, I, I might be able to. Think about where can you proclaim? How can you proclaim? Right? The church is made up of individuals. We all have to be doing this. How can we do this? How can we proclaim? We can use words. We can use tracks. We have, we have a track tree kind of back there. I never have to replace it, sadly. It just stays full. No, it does, but it, that's true. But Sorry, I didn't mean to jab. But, um, but take, some of those, take some of those tracks. Use them. They're there, right? We can proclaim the gospel. That's real easy. Have you seen this, right? Could you read this? I, I've done it that way. When I've been too scared to use word, I can just use a track. I need to get better, okay? I'm not great at that either. I ain't feeling, I'm not putting them, swiping them in my pocket either, right? This is something that all of us we can do. How can we do this in posts? Social media posts. In conversations. That's the key, right? Just to have gospel conversations. How can we do this? Proclaim the gospel. We can teach the Bible. 
wherever, however you can. Um, ministries at church, ministries in the community. My fear is that in 2023 and maybe 2024, it's easy for churches in our area and, and us too to go, well, we could do a lot of other things in the purpose and mission, but we, we fail to proclaim the gospel, right? Well, that, that's wrong. We, that would be the ultimate failure. Verse 28, Him we proclaim, right? That's our mission. That's our purpose. Christ must be preached. So number one, I want us to get about that this spring. Oh, I want to be proclaiming. I need help. You need help. We need to help each other. Uh, use opportunities here. Let's make some opportunities. Let's create some opportunities. Event evangelism or, or outreach days. That, those things help. Number two, our church mission is secondly to promote. To promote. Paul was proclaiming, look in his letters, any letter you want to, you see him doing it. And we know we're supposed to do that too. It's the Great Commission. Sadly, as Tom Rainer says, it's become the great omission in our society and in our churches. But the second thing that you see him doing is this. You see him promoting things. One of the missions of the church is this, is that we are to promote. To promote. What do I mean by that? We're to promote what is right. We're to promote what is biblical. We are to keep promoting the truth. Amen? So what do we promote? Some of the things that he was trying to promote specifically in Colossians, in chapter 1 he had to deal with the, the deity of Christ. Uh, he had to go against the Colossian heresy. He had to come and say some certain things about Jesus' deity and Jesus' humanity. And in other letters he had to face different issues. Sometimes he's in Corinthians, he's promoting sex sin in the church. Right? He's, he's trying to promote... Well, he's not... That came out wrong, didn't he? He's promoting sex sin in the church. He's promoting uh, purity in the church because there was sex sin in the church, right? So different, different letters, he, he's, he's trying to do different things and he's having to promote different things. Our mission as a church is to promote what is right, to promote the truth. What do we promote? Let's ask some questions. What do we promote? The truth. Right doctrine. Right? Sadly, there are a lot of people that think Jesus sinned or that they, they say, oh yes, I'm a Christian, and then they'll tell you some wild theolog theological idea, like the, the, the stats are showing, the research is showing that more and more people are not holding to key doctrines of the faith. They're grabbing hold of crazy stuff. They're, they're saying all kind of weird, no, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Like, right? We promote right doctrine. We promote truth. Right? We promote, as a church, righteousness. Right living. Righteousness. Right? Sadly, a lot of churches aren't promoting righteousness, are they? They're promoting unrighteousness. They're coming out with some stances that are unbiblical, right? Our, our mission as a church is to stand for truth. We don't change it, right? You don't promote evil. Some, some are, right? We promote righteousness. We're to promote good deeds. We're to promote morality. We're to promote things like Christian virtues. We're to promote right relationships. Right? The sanctity of life, right? The sanctity of marriage. I mean, we're going to have to do sanctity of all kinds. We're, we're, we are to promote these things because if we don't, what, look at what society is promoting, right? Him we proclaim, warning and teaching everyone, right? We labor and strain, but we also promote acts of service, right? We promote that in the community. We promote unity. We promote order. Sadly, a lot of churches, a lot of Christians are not promoting the truth, righteousness, these right things. They're falling away from these things. Churches to promote. 
What else do we promote? We're, we're told in the Scripture that we're also to promote growth. We are to promote disciple-making, not just disciple-being. That's easier. Disciple-making, we're to promote growth. We are to be increasing and multiplying ourselves. So in the Bible, you, you look and you can find all kinds of terms. We're called to encourage, to strengthen, to build up, to work, to maintain. If you're listening, say amen. 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 I mean, we're, we're to promote these things. If we don't, they'll fall away. So we promote. And as we promote, we, we are to progress, you could say. We're to progress, right? The church is to be progressing, advancing, multiplying, right? As we promote, these things happen. So ask yourself these questions. In what ways are you promoting these things? Truth, righteousness, right doctrine, right relationships, Christian virtues, the acts of service, the things that make us Christian. How are you promoting these things? What happens if we stop promoting these things? Error, sin, evil, disorder. What's the opposite of promoting? To hinder, dishonor, cease, discourage. So again, I want us to ask, well, how can we promote truth? How can we, how can you, how can I, how can we personally promote truth or promote service, promote those good deeds? These involve speaking and doing. Ask yourself, how can we promote growth? How can we promote the growth of a church? I tell you, one great way is this, be active. If people in the South will, will be actively involved in their church, and, and more, maybe more than just an hour on Sunday, will be active in proclaiming the gospel, they will, they will begin to promote just by their activity the work of the church, the mission of the church, to promote righteousness. How can we promote growth? Be active. Attendance. It matters. Involvement. Serving in those opportunities. Loving. If you don't promote right, the church with your presence or right an offering or your your hands your your right we are the church right if we don't promote these things then we're going to look and, and and see on down the road man where did all that go why did the church stop promoting what really was essential what really mattered so we proclaim we promote all the the keys and then number three our church mission is to preserve our church mission, mission is to preserve. In our text here, he, he keeps using words like, you know, to be steadfast and to, to struggle and strain that, that everybody would see the firmness of your faith, right? That nobody would move you from these things. And, and the, one of the mission of the church is to preserve the faith. We're to keep preserving the faith. So let's ask some questions. What do, what do we preserve? As the church, we preserve the truth. We're the truth keepers. If we don't preserve it, who will? Right? There are denominations that aren't preserving truth anymore. Right? We need to pres if we don't preserve it, we, we, we could, I mean, man, we could go get into all sorts of heresies and all sorts of, we could just take this and pick and choose what we want and get caught up into creating our own worldview and living off emotionalism and, I mean, all sorts of, we could go really astray. We have to examine ourselves. One of the things that we do is we preserve the faith, we preserve the truth we preserve, we steward. That's what he says in the text here, right? Of which, verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the Word of God fully known. We are to preserve theology. We're to preserve morals. 
We're to preserve the ordinances. The church preserves holy communion and holy baptism. We, we preserve these things. We are, as individuals, we're called to preserve the church. You ever wonder, like, why is that church not there anymore and there's a gas station there? Something happened. Why, why, why are churches in the U.S. closing? Why is the church, right? If we're not preserving the church, who else will? Right? What we, we, we preserve by promoting, by proclaiming. The church is always one generation away from extinction. Ever thought of that? It's always. What if one generation fails to proclaim, fails to promote, and fails to preserve? Then, then there is no more. That's the fact that every local church, in fact, Christianity, is one generation short of extinction. So the Scripture said this. Paul said these words. Continue in the faith. He's saying, preserve it. Continue in the faith. Jude says this. Contend for the faith. Preserve the truth. Contend for it. Paul said these words to both Timothy and Titus. Guard the good deposit. Right? 1 Timothy 3.15 says these words. Let me read it to you. 1 Timothy 3.15 If I delay, I want you to know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of truth. He says the church is the pillar of truth. If we don't preserve it, if that pillar starts to crumble, you don't promote, you don't proclaim, it's gone. It's gone. And society goes astray. And maybe that's what happened to America. Abandon, squander, forget, destroy. Those are the opposite of preserving. So what happens if we don't preserve these things? So we ask these questions, how can we preserve the truth? We, we have to guard it. We have to keep it. We have to continue in it. We have to stay active. And so this is, I believe, our 3P mission. It continues that we must all keep doing these things. Verse 28 him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling, straining with all His energy that He powerfully works within me. In summary, we proclaim with our words. We promote with our actions. We preserve with our life. As we close, the mission needs you. This, this mission needs you. It needs all of us. The mission needs you. And so maybe today you need to do another P. Maybe you need to repurpose yourself to say, whoa, that's my purpose. My purpose remains. The mission of the church remains. That's our purpose, to proclaim, to promote, and to preserve. And to do it, I'm going to repurpose myself. It takes all of us. It takes every church, right? member in, in their specific church all over. It takes all of us in Christianity to proclaim, to promote, and to preserve. So remember that A.W. Tozer quote from 1961. Any forward step in the church must begin with the individual. Any forward step in the church, it must begin with the individual. It must begin with, with you and with me. Proclaim, promote, and preserve. We do this because we've been purchased by a Redeemer. And our sins have been paid for by a Savior. I invite you to make Him your Lord today.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.